Chuck, she's Kelly, I'm Wilson, and that's all we're talking about this week, because this ain't Castaway, this is Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? <laughs> what a movie, what a movie, dude. <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode, where are we at, Ted? Uh, 108. 108 episodes. I just want to take a second and thank everybody out there. We reached 25,000 subs. That's nuts. Can you believe that? Thank you, everybody, for supporting our show. We hope we can keep it going for a long time. That's what she said. And I hope <laughs> I hope you'll tune in. This is a very special episode because we're going to pull the upset on the world champs this week, and we are going to tell you how. We had a funeral and a coffin, and gravestone, the whole thing. We had a coffin. Wow, okay. All right. Speaking of... Speaking of nuts, Ruby, how you doing this evening? Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> Hello, I'm doing good, but you know what I was thinking is I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the game on Sunday. Why's that? Because if they put Taylor Swift on the TV every 10 minutes, I'm not doing it. Wow. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to shake that off, Ruby. Shake it off! Shake it off! Taylor Swift. <laughs> Seen more balls than a jug machine. Okay! Oh, yeah, we're underway. Yeah. Do you think that'll make the cut? Getting back to our roots is what we're doing. <laughs> Wilson! I think we used the Wilson clip on one of our very first shows. We, you were talking about Ngakwe leaving us at the for a pack of cigarettes or whatever the hell it was. Ngakwe left us at the hotel and said he was going to get ice and never came back. Come back! Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> you know, Castaway, in a lot of ways... Is like the Vikings season up to this point. That's why we had the opening that we did. You notice how that worked? Yeah. We're building a raft after that first win last week against Carolina, Ted. Yeah, we are. Now we can only hope we can find an ocean tanker to rescue us in the middle of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Drew said we got a big show tonight and we do. 
but before we talk about that, let's talk about Purple Pain Forms, VikingsReport.com. Head on over to Purple Pain Forms, our official internet home, I guess, if you will, for Vikings Report. You can catch all our shows there. They got a great section of Vikings content, threads, subjects, topics. I talked to the folks over there today, and they said to highlight a post I had made. I don't know if you remember, a couple weeks ago, Drew and I talked about Quasio Dofa Mensa and Kevin O'Connell and how it's going to take some time, and people were just kind of wanting to fire Adolfo Mensa and, and O'Connell, and I sort of laid out in the show why they should, and I kind of replicated that post over there. It's getting a lot of engagement. Go over there and check that out. Sign up for an account, make a comment, join a great group of Vikings folks. And then we have our site, vikingsreport.com, where we have our world-famous, regionally popular prize vault. We've got lots of cool stuff that you can win. You can also take a look at the Antoine Winfield jersey, which is the going to the grand prize winner of our Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy team. Contest, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But before we talk about anything else, Drewster, what time is it? Ted? I'm cooler what? than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem? Get us to two in a row and light this candle, please! He's right! Light this candle, Wilson! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes! Resume the countdown! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right! Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right. Look, we're kind of recording a little bit later than we normally do, so we're going to kind of truncate our news segment. There really isn't any news going on. The Vikings injury report is really fairly unchanged. Nothing really significant in terms of the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of injuries. No real news out there. So what we're going to do is we're going to skip directly to nobody cares about your fantasy team. Again, everybody, Robert W. Fosworth here. This week, our purple heroes return home to the comfy confines of U.S. Bank Stadium, where they're currently on to, to face the defending world champions, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Mr. Taylor Swift, and the detestable and despicable Kansas City Chiefs. Will our boys in purple find a way to win, or will the wheels come off? We'll find out. All right, Drew, like Robert said, thanks, Robert. Appreciate you. This is a game that the Vikings are capable of winning. I think they have the talent to run with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're at home, so I think they have more than a puncher's chance to beat them. But they have beaten themselves in all of their losses this year. If they can eliminate those mistakes, it's anybody's ballgame. I truly do believe that. And we'll talk about this as we go on. What about you? That's about where I'm sitting with the whole thing, Ted. We wanted to go into this game either 4-0 and or 3-1, and give us some wiggle room because we didn't expect to win it. Mm-hmm. That's all out the door now. Now it's a must win. Yeah. This is the game we got to make up for that Buccaneers opening loss. This is the game we got to make up for it. But I'm with you. After I went through all the research today, I think the Vikings have a damn good chance of winning this game. I saw the opening game against Detroit. I saw last week, was it the Jets they played? Jets played them tough. Jets yeah. had the right game plan. We're going to talk about that in my, my summary. I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have not looked 
like the world beaters that they have in the past. I think this is a team that can be beat if the Vikings bring their A game. But let's get into it. We'll put up our big board like we always do. Our ode and our tribute to the old NFL Today show on CBS with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek and Phyllis George and Irv Cross and all them great folks from back in the day. As always, we start off with quarterback, and we've got Patrick Mahomes against Kirk Cousins. Look, Drew, I like I like Kirk Cousins. You know, I was thinking about this. What's the best way to describe Kirk versus Patrick Mahomes? This is kind of going in the way back machine. But in like 1992, there was this vice presidential debate between Dan Quayle and Lloyd Benson. They were both senators. You know where I'm going with this? Dan Quayle was really young at the time, and Lloyd Benson had been in politics for a long time, very respected senior member. I think he was a senior senator from Texas, had been around a long time. They asked Quayle a question or something about his age. He's like, well, you know, I'm right about the same age that Jack Kennedy was when he became president. And Lloyd Benson looks right at him. He says, Senator Quayle, I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. You're no Jack Kennedy. I mean, it was it brought the house down. I, whether you're Republican or Democrat, it was a zinger moment. And that's kind of how I feel about Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. I, Kirk's a good quarterback, but I'm sorry, he's just no Patrick Mahomes. So I, I got to go with Mahomes. Expect Kirk to play really well. When he's going up against the quarterback that's considered better than him, he plays well. Okay. So I'm expecting him to hang right in there, maybe have more stats. But when it comes to making a play, making the big play, we talk about how the Handful of plays. These NFL games come down to four or five plays. Whoever makes them wins the game because everybody's good. Yep. So Mahomes definitely has that. 67 and 17 as a starter. Ridiculous numbers. Just ridiculous. Ridiculous. But I got to give Mahomes a check. But Kirk will play well. He will not have any turnovers this week. And he's going to lead us to a victory. But I'm not going to give him the quarterback check. I'm still going to give it to Mahomes. And again, it's not about who's better quarterback. Overall, it's better for this game. I think Mahomes has just slightly better advantage in this, but the Vikings will find another way to win. And also, going back to your presidential thing, that's how I look at Joe Buck. Every time I hear him, I say, you got a long way to go to be Jack Buck. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I understand the comparison, but I had to give Mahomes the check. I mean, it's Mahomes, man. Come on. So, what do you think about the running game, Drewster? Pacheco is a damn good running back. And when we get to the summary, he's one of my summary finalists that's going to control this game. Now, don't call me crazy. I know Mahomes and I know Kelsey. They kind of run the offense. Uh I'll tell you in the summary why it goes through Pacheco. That guy is an awesome running back. He's a tough runner. He's a violent runner. And when he played against Michigan, Michigan's up 50 points and Pacheco has like 200 yards. And he's killing us. They're not killing us on the scoreboard, but I I remember distinctly watching it and telling Ruby, Vikings got to look at this Pacheco guy. And they got him in the seventh round, the Chiefs. Yeah, what a steal. He's a great player. The Vikings have improved. It's 34 rushing yards a game. They're up to 88 yards a game, Ted. Mm -hmm. Both run defenses are about the same. If you look at it statistically, the defense against the run is about the same. And I like what Minnesota's got with Matty and Akers and Chandler. MAC, the Big Mac backfield, Ted. I just called it right there. Look at you. And I'm really anxious to see what they could do, those three, going forward, especially with Akers. I am giving the Vikings the checkmark on the run game. Okay. You know, after the last two weeks, they ran for 130, 135 yards these last two games. You look at the rush defense for Kansas City, it's 12th. It's a little over 100 yards. They give up a little over 100 yards a game. The Vikings offensive line, and we're going to talk about them in a minute, seems to be rounding into shape a little bit. That said, you look at 
Pacheco, and you didn't mention Jarek McKinnon, who I think is just a great utility back for Kansas City. I think he is in the perfect offense for his skill set, and a guy like Andy Reid knows how to use him and when to use him. I think the Vikings are still kind of figuring out roles and responsibilities in terms of, you know, Madison and Cam Akers. Where's Ty Chandler going to fit into that? For that reason, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is their third back as well, and he's absolutely no slouch either. I'm, so I'm going to give the edge to the Chiefs. I just think they're more established and they have more defined roles than and Andy Reid. To this point, uses them better than Kevin O'Connell has. And, and, you know, part of that isn't O'Connell's fault. They just got Cam Akers and they're still figuring out where to use them and, and how to use them. I can totally understand that. You make great points, and giving the check mark to Kansas City's running game makes sense. I'm just trying to give a little mojo to the Vikings, Ted, because if they don't run the ball this week, they're going to lose. I they have to run for 100, at least as a team, 100, 120 plus, like the Jets did. We're talking about that Jets game plan at the end of the show. That's the Vikings' blueprint to win this game. But, it is. you know, I can see why you give the Chiefs the run game. All right, the receiving game. You've got two guys that are very good at throwing the ball in Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes. You look at the Vikings' top three wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, compare them to the Chiefs' wide receivers and Sky Moore, Marquise Valdez-Scanling, and Kadarius Toney, who has two big cement bricks for hands. Remember all those drops he had? Oh, jeez, yeah. And he was limited last week, and the Vikings have a clear advantage. And then you look at the tight ends, you got T.J. Hawkinson and then Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's the best tight end in the NFL. If Kelsey's here, you got TJ like maybe right there. Not too much separation, but Hawkinson hasn't really gotten it in gear as much as Kelsey has, I don't think. That said, with the Vikings being at home, I really like the Vikings receivers here a little bit better than Kansas City's. I'm, I'm going to give a, a really, really slight edge, just a slight edge to the Vikings here. I am too, Ted. Going either way, looking at the research, and I thought, you know what? Kelsey is a strong, strong candidate for being the best tight end in the league. But overall, I think for this game, the Vikings receivers are going to come through because they are going to be able to run the football, which is going to open that up. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get misled by the kind of no-names on Kansas City's. I mean, we know Scantling from his days with the Packers. I mean, you and I did a draft right up on Sky Moore. Remember how high we were on that guy? Yeah. That guy is a big playmaker. Sky Moore is a guy that gets the ball in his hand. He can score from anywhere on the field. So you want to... Definitely notice that Kansas City's wide receivers are no slouch. But the Vikings are going to get the check. Just slightly, though. I agree with you. All right, Drew, tell me about the offensive lines. Which one do you think is the better overall unit here? First of all, did I not say the Vikings offensive line would have their best game last week? You did. And they did. Not too bad, yeah. Not too shut. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> That said, I'm going to flop over to Kansas City and give them a slight edge on the... You just look at the players along that offensive line. It's pretty impressive. Creed Humphrey, man. I wish we had that guy. Yeah. Guy's a great center. As far as I see, they're totally healthy up front. Hopefully, we'll see Reisner this week. But just a slight edge to the offensive line for Kansas City. I think to a man, they man up pretty well against our front seven. They got some good players up there. Juwan Taylor. I'm going to give them the slight edge. It's hard to give the Vikings the edge because you don't know what you're going to see from that offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Joe Thune's a guy that everybody wanted to come to the Vikings a couple years ago in free agency. Here's the thing. We talked about the offensive line being the Achilles heel for the Minnesota Vikings. And through four weeks, I saw this tweet, Krauserific, and he's over on Purple Pain Forms too, he's, but he's on Twitter as well. He pointed out that the Vikings, through four games, have the fourth best team pass block grade, I guess, through PFF, through four games. They have the second best run block grade 
for PFF. Their pressure rate is in the amount of times Kirk Cousins gets pressured is 26th out of, of 35 quarterbacks that have had enough snaps to qualify. So the Vikings are protecting Kirk Cousins and over the last two weeks at least have opened up a lot of running lanes for Vikings running backs. But they're 30th and hits allowed at 36. And it seems like whenever the Vikings offensive line is making strides, you're thinking, man, these guys are starting to get it. And it's usually one guy, Ed Ingram, gives up like he, he lets a guy come running free and hits Kirk and is throwing it early and it goes up in the air like a pop fly in the infield and then you know it gets intercepted right before halftime and and so it's just like these one or two breakdowns maybe a quarter that makes you think god this line stinks for a holding penalty yeah or a holding penalty or a false start or whatever and it's not as bad as it seems i mean maybe that o'connell and quasio dofamenta were right about this continuity thing I, i don't know i think they're better but i'm saying all that to tell you i'm still picking the chiefs front seven go ahead tell me ted yeah, front seven. So the big change, and first of all, I would like to offer my apologies to Marcus Davenport. I was making a lot of jokes at your expense on Twitter, and I probably should have, because when you did play, you were a difference maker on the defensive line. He had a sack. He had a couple pressures. He played a very good game. Had he not been overshadowed by Harrison Smith, who played probably the best game of his career, I would argue, he would have probably been a defensive player of the game. And you could see with Davenport in, in there what a good extra pass rusher brings to the Vikings. Yet now you don't have just Daniel Hunter. You've got to worry about Marcus Davenport. And now that you're worried about Marcus Davenport and Daniel Hunter, now you can free up Harrison Smith to do those things that Harrison Smith does so damn well, like blitzing from the edge. I mean, that last sack he had to clinch the game, he just flat out beat a left tackle to the edge. Had a nice little swim move and sack him. I mean, it was incredible. So if, if you can bring guys with pressure like the Vikings were able to, this could be a decent unit. I mean, you know, and they still have Brian Asamoah as a starter, but but Ivan Pace, I think, has taken over for him. He's getting most of the snaps. They're getting there. Maybe it was just taking them a while to get truly comfortable and settle into the floor's defense, and now they're reacting and not having to think before they act, and it's more instinctive than it was at the beginning of the year. But then you look over the, at the Chiefs' front seven. You know, one of the reasons they, they won a Super Bowl last year is because their front seven is pretty doggone good, and it's led by Chris Jones. Now, he held out. He was limited going into the game, but I do believe he played against the Jets. He sat out almost all of training camp, but I just think they're still an overall better unit than the Vikings. I, I'm sorry I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs front seven. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Oh, are you now? Go back to what you said real quick. Everything okay. was spot on. Okay. If we had a Kevin Williams in the middle now, we would oh. be making some, you know what I'm, that's a weak oh, spot. Oh, right? Kevin Williams or Pat Williams, yeah. You imagine Kevin Williams in this defense. I think the Vikings front seven got it last week. From the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter to the end of the game, they looked like a defensive line that I haven't seen the whole season. And yeah. I know it was Carolina and whatever, but the NFL is the NFL. And Nick Bolton, he was hurt. I don't know if you see out still. He's a big player on their defense. I'm not the sure. linebacker. He was number one on the Drew Big Board the year he came out of college from uh, Iowa. But Nick Bolton, if you remember, and then Chanel from Wisconsin, tackling machine. Mm-hmm. They have a good front seven, but I think the Vikings have turned the corner, and I think the front seven is going to be one of the reasons we pull this game out. If you work your front seven in the right scheme, if Flores has the right scheme for that front seven to disguise stuff like the Jets did. The Jets had Mahomes guessing. You don't see that often, but hats off to the Jets' defensive coordinator. Flores has to come through with that kind of game plan, but I think the Vikings are going to be psyched up to beat the world champs, and I think 
the front seven is going to be a big reason why they win. Okay. I'm giving them the check mark, Ted. Okay. All right. That's, I mean, that's fair. All right. What do you got for the secondary, Drewster? Vikings secondary. That might have been the best game they played last week. Pretty good, yeah. You know what? The Vikings defense didn't even give up a touchdown last week. Can we give hats off to the defense? Yeah. They, they played a good game. They played they a gave very up good game. Two field goals. I know it was Carolina. Shut up. <laughs> I graded it. <laughs> I graded it right down the line, and the Vikings won by two points. I graded each player, looked at the, each player's what they've done and tackles and coverage. And, you know, I know they're facing Mahomes, and they're probably going to give up 300 and some yards. I don't know the Chiefs are 10 overall on pass defense. I know they're a little better in their secondary. I just have a feeling this is going to be a big win for the Vikings. It's going to be one of those days when finally everything comes together. Finally, I have confidence and faith in the secondary. I do. Okay. I'm giving them the check mark. I don't think you will after this week. I think we're going to have a lot more questions and answers again. Really? I, I do. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't mean to take anything away from last week because it was a great win. It was sorely needed. The defense really stepped up when the, on a day when the offense was struggling. And had that been last year, the Vikings would not have won that game. The defense would not have been able to step up. Panthers probably would have kicked like five or six field goals, and the Vikings probably would have lost that game if you had last year's defense last week. The Vikings, they have improved. You know, they're, they are now on defense. They're, they're 19th in points and 20th in yards. But I go back to the, the Chiefs. They're fifth in points and they're eighth in yards. And, and a lot of that has to do with their pass defense. Their pass defense is eighth in the NFL. They're only giving up 190 yards a game. I think the Vikings are going to get a lot more than that. They're going to beat that by a fair amount. When you add in the front seven and those periodic breakdowns the Vikings have, I just think it's close. I mean, it's really close. I think it's a very slight edge. A slight edge to the Chiefs. Okay. That's fair enough. It's wrong, but it's fair enough. <laughs> Red zone, look, I cannot give the Vikings the advantage in the red zone until they quit turning the ball over and give up a 99-yard pick six. I think they've given the ball away inside the red zone every single game so far, and that's just that's not going to cut it. It just isn't. And that interception, that 99-yard pick six, came after a Justin Jefferson touchdown that was nullified because of a, a holding penalty, I believe. So, I mean, you do that against the Kansas City Chiefs, man, you're not winning the football game. Plain no. and simple. If you have a 14-point swing like that, you are going to lose the football game. So the Vikings absolutely cannot do that. But until they can prove to me that they can hold the ball in the red zone and not turn it over, I can't give them the red. I, I can't give them the check. It's like you're reading my notes, Smitty. Yeah? He's exactly right. Exactly right. Kansas City gets the check mark of everything Ted just said. That's how I feel. Thanks, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Special teams, Drewster. I got the Vikings here. Being at home, Ryan Wright's going to be a big difference in field position with his booming punts. Joseph seems to be pretty solid this year. I know Butker, Butker's eight for eight in field goals. Kickers right now pretty much cancel each other out. Butker's a really solid kicker. But he is, yeah. Tommy Townsend's kind of a weak punter. And his name, Tommy Townsend, that sounds like a guitar player for Jay Giles. I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to give the uh, special teams to the Vikings because they're going to need it with the three-point win. Yeah. Tommy Townsend, not to be confused with Tommy Two-Tone. 8675309, baby. Yeah, Tommy Two-Tone. Baby, I got your number. Yeah, I'm going to give this to the Vikings as well. <laughs> I don't know that he's considered a threat, but Brandon Powell is at least a sure-handed guy that, that can catch a punt and, and return a kickoff. I thought he, he looked pretty good returning kicks a couple times against Carolina last week, so special teams. Go to the Vikings. 
Finally, we got coaching. Look, you got Andy Reid, multiple Super Bowl champion. Matt Nagy, former head coach for the Bears, was a NFC coach of the year, his first year in the, with the Bears. Steve Spagnolo has coordinated several Super Bowl winning defenses, was former head coach. This is a, a coaching staff that just has years and years and years of NFL experience. I like O'Connell. I think he's got a bright future. I like Wes Phillips. I love Brian Flores, but the check mark really goes heavily to the Chiefs here. It does. It leans, it tilts heavily to the Chiefs. Kevin O'Connell's got to pick up his play calling this week. Because if you go vanilla versus the Chiefs, you're not going to win. Because you know what Andy Reid doesn't do? He doesn't call vanilla plays. Andy Reid is probably the most creative play designer and play caller in the NFL today. Exactly right. He's the walrus, too. So yeah. walrus Reid. They get the edge, but this week, O'Connell better have something ready. Yeah. Better, better have something ready offensively. All right, Drew, finally, my last and favorite category, intangibles. Intangibles. So what do you got for intangibles, Drewster? I'm going to go visual for the intangibles. Here's my intangible. Toots, just go ahead and throw it up there. There you go, Ted. Because you always got, when Kansas City comes to town, you got to know that they got the officials. They're going to have a few calls. Mahomes is going to have a few calls go his way, like what happened in the Jets game with that late holding call. Yep. My big intangible for the game is the officiating. I don't trust it. They love Mahomes, and I hope we don't get jobbed on a bad call. That's my intangible. you got to watch out for the official. Okay, uh, that's fair. The Vikings are more desperate than the Chiefs are. Chiefs are 3-1. and one, The Vikes are 1-3. and three. I think Minnesota, at a minimum, expected to be 2-2 two and two coming into this game. I think you could have made a good case for them being 3-1. and one. Being 1-3, one and three, this really has a sink or swim feel to it. I'm not saying they're pushing all their chips on the table on this game because there's still a lot of football left to be played. But a win here would really help flip the narrative on the Vikings season so far. I think the Vikings are going to be locked in. I think they're going to, you know, they haven't won a game at home yet. Keep going back to home field advantage, but it is a big deal. It helps the Vikings. And I, I think you're right. I think the Chiefs have become the new Green Bay Packers in many respects in terms of getting calls that other teams might not have. You talked about that late call that, well, that late holding that was not called that should have brought that game-clinching run back. If it's a clean game and if it's called squarely, Vikings going to be in this right at the end. I think so, too. All right. How do you see this game playing out? I did a lot, a lot of praying and research on this game, Ted. Got to pray. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a few ways how the Vikings are going to win this game. All right. First off, you got to look at, go, go back and look at that blueprint the Jets had. First off, if the Jets can get 336 yards of offense with Zach Wilson, yeah, we should get 420. Yes. The Jets only ran nine fewer plays than Kansas City. And usually Kansas City has a big gap. That's how they beat you. They have 85 plays and you got 41. How the Vikings are going to win this game, Ted? I got it all blueprinted out here, brother. We know what Mahomes can do. It's not about Mahomes. It's about Pacheco and Kelsey. When Pacheco gets in a rhythm and starts picking up a bunch of receiving and rushing yards, he got 115 last week and a touchdown, probably the difference in the game. Then Mahomes opens up to Kelsey and his wide receivers. It's all through Pacheco. If they let Pacheco run loose, they're not going to win the game. That should be your first key. He's first. Kelsey's second. Mahomes He'll throw some bad passes. He'll throw it away and, and throw it right to your defense like he did against the Jets. But here's here's how the Vikings win. Here's the four key points. You got to mix up your defensive play calling like the Jets did and try to confuse Mahomes and not fully confuse him, just get him off his game a little bit. 
Mahomes is one of those guys, you get him off his game a little bit, you're in the game. You don't want him to get into a rhythm. And Pacheco's running helps him get into a rhythm. Make him at least one-dimensional, make him pass the ball. I know that sounds crazy with Mahomes, but believe me, that's the idea the Jets had. They lost 23-20. to They were right in the game all the way to the end. The Vikings cannot have any three and outs. They have too many this season. I can't stress that enough. You can't have any three and outs. Even if you get the ball at the 20 and you have a couple first downs and you have to punt, that's not a bad thing, Ted. It's right, not. I agree. 100% agree. Because you're running six, seven minutes off the clock. That's a win. To beat Kansas City, and you can quote me on this, you have to shorten the game. You go three and out, that's more possession times for Mahomes. If, if Kansas City up near 40 minutes of possession time, we lose. And we've been averaging, what, giving up 33 minutes a game? Oh, it's way long. we got to drop that down a little bit. But the whole idea about time of possession is not having three and outs. Cannot have turnovers. That's a must. You know that. And for God's sakes, you, this is the game you got to convert in the red zone. Yes. They've been turning the ball over. They've been having to go for field goals. This is the game you got to go four for four in the red zone, all touchdowns. This is the game. Those are basically my summary points. I have a little third down conversion thing I want to throw at you. Kansas City is holding teams to only 33% conversion rate on third down. That's pretty low. And the Vikings are only at 37% converting third down. 17 for 46 on third down. That's got to get better for this game because third down keeps the possession going. It's all about three and outs, Ted. It's all about that possession, converting on third down. That's all I got for the, the summary. The Vikings are minus eight in turnover differential. That is 30th in the NFL. Surprisingly, the Kansas City Chiefs are 24th at minus three. Patrick Mahomes has already thrown four interceptions this year. The Chiefs, like I mentioned at the top of the show, don't look like this unbeatable juggernaut they have in years past. They got beat at home in week one when Travis Kelsey was out. So if you can figure out a way to limit Travis Kelsey, that's going to help your cause. You said that. That was your, your second key. I think that's the Vikings' first key. Travis Kelsey is like a whoopee for Patrick Mahomes. When Patrick Mahomes is in trouble, the first guy he looks to is Travis Kelsey. If, if you can get Kelsey neutralized to the point you can't consistently go to him as your safety valve look, the Vikings are going to be in business. Secondly, I, I'm going to flip those two keys. You said running the ball and then Kelsey. I think it's Kelsey and then running the ball. If that's the case, then I think the Chiefs are going to try to get Pacheco and, and maybe Jarek McKinnon and Edwards-Hilaire going, and last week the Vikings were phenomenal against the run. You also mentioned the Vikings have to be creative defensively. If you look at that last drive, and especially that last play, when Harrison Smith blitzed and, and sacked Bryce Young, the Vikings had no defensive linemen in the box. It was all linebackers. If Brian Flores brings creative stuff like that on Sunday, the Vikings are going to win the football game. Look, I'm a man of my word. I said earlier in the year when we were doing our prediction show, the Vikings were either going to beat Philadelphia or they were going to beat Kansas City. They were going to win one of those two games. They didn't beat Philadelphia. They, and they were there. They had an opportunity to beat Philadelphia. I think last week showed them, look, damn it, we are a good football team, and they're going to prove it this week. And all you tank for Caleb people will shut the hell up. The Vikings are not going to tank. Even if they lose this game no. Sunday, they're not going to tank. And I think you're you're kind of a dope if you think they will. All right, so that does it for our preview. We're not doing trivia this week. We're running kind of short on time. But Ruby does have something special planned for you in lieu of trivia. So, hit it, Ruby!
I was marooned on an island for five years with this package. And I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx. That's very admirable. Thank you. Hey, but right away, what's in the package? Nothing really. Just a satellite phone, GPS locator, fishing rod, water purifier, and some seeds. Just silly stuff. Thank you again. You're going to see a picture of a Vikings player, and you just have to identify him. Okay. Current or, or any era? Any era, and they're all offensive linemen. Okay. Name the player. <laughs> uh, I like the eyes. <laughs> Got the little blue eyes. <laughs> Looks like Garrett Bradbury, doesn't Looks it? Looks like something out of a Stephen King movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is. That's Gold Bradbury. That was Riley Reef. Ah, oh, like the blue eyes. Custom. <laughs> Freaking lasers. All right. Welcome to Toots's Name That Tune Trivia. All right. So uh, today uh, we're. Going I'm not going to talk. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was saying I'm not going to talk over you today. You talked over me. Sorry. You talked over her to say you're not going to talk over her. <laughs> uh, oh my God. You literally talked over her to say. <laughs> I'm not going to talk over you. <laughs> oh my god. Moon and Carter. That is correct. Yeah! <laughs> Damn, Ted. We went to Canada to get to Mexico there. Heck of a day in Charlotte as our Viking Redders get ready to take on the Carolina Panthers. Both teams are down one running back. What cost Christian McCaffrey suffered a hamstring pulling early in week two? <laughs> Dalvin Cook's been nagging, had a nagging ankle injury. I can't, I can't Suffered even... against the dastardly Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even tell you how freaking fantastic that is. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I told myself today I wasn't going to do it. I... <laughs> oh, why do I interrupt? second in and it happens unbelievable out of a second practicing all day not to do that <laughs> sorry chances okay chances i'm quiet now ruby that was awesome thanks and that'll pretty much wrap it up for episode 108 which is like a about 50 more episodes than I thought we'd ever do. We're also about 24,500 more subscribers than I ever imagined we'd get. That's just amazing to me. You are funny. You are intelligent. You make me laugh. You make me think. Ruby, without you, we wouldn't even have a show. So this is just as much on you as Drew. And for me, well, I'll just try to do better the next time. Brother, take us home. Enjoy the Vikings win over the Chiefs this week. I'm really feeling good about it. We can all come together. Kumbaya. On that note, we will see you for Vikings post-game Vikings report rewind on Sunday after the big win against the Chiefs. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Swifties.